0: Hey how are you going? It's Carl Cruz. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of the podcast. Um, we'll be talking about everything I watched in January and maybe a little something, a little extra at the end for you. Um, just thought I'd open up before we jump in, um, just to be a little transparent about what's been happening with the last two weeks, especially with the underseen Gems kind of movies that I want to talk about. I know I did bring up four last week and I said I'm going to do a part two. I might do a part two, latch it onto something. Um, I thought I would... And um, I just didn't get around to doing that, and there were some that I didn't like as well, so I couldn't really include them because I wouldn't really call. In, in terms of my personal opinion, they wouldn't be really seem as, as a gem. Um, and it just came to a point where I was there was these days where I'd be forced myself to watch a film or tr- thinking of watching a film, not even actually doing it, but just thinking of watching a film, trying to fit it into, Um, fitted into the day, where I actually wanted to do other things, I wanted to work on other projects, Um, and I, it, it just became an obligation, and for me, that's when the fun stops there, when it becomes an obligation, I don't want it to become, I don't want movie watching to become a chore for me, so, um, and because I watch movies like like everyone else does, I watch movies to escape for a couple of hours to have fun. Um, I love me I watch movies because I love film. I love analyzing film and everything like that. Um, and you know, I'm a I'm a student of the craft. So, but when you're watching so many movies uh, over and over and over again, well, um, uh, not over not not repeat not over and over again, but um, just when you're watching one maybe like one every couple of days or a few every week uh, even then for me believe it or not believe it or not it, uh, it's, it, it starts to become like I'm forcing myself to do it and uh, uh, it, that's what it became over, over the week uh, over the break of December and January when I wanted to catch up on everything and I, I I wanted to feel like I could you know put it out there and and recommend these films to people um, I felt like it was my obligation to do that and then I couldn't fulfill that obligation and then I would get, like, in my own head and then I would think, well, no one's, you know, uh, no, it wasn't even really matter anyway because um, you're not going to do it, like, you're not going to release the part two. Like I said last week on the on the Underseen uh, Gems podcast, I said last week that I was going to do a part two or kind of latch these films onto something. Because I thought I would watch these and then like them. And then there's some I didn't like. So then I couldn't... I was, again, I was in my own head of just like, well, I can't do a part two if there's not enough there. Um, so I could just talk about a few in another on another podcast. But then i have got to do two podcasts in one week. And when it gets to that, it's just a lot. And I don't want it to be like that. Um, so I know it sounds like I'm complaining, but that's just the truth. I'm always... When it comes to this podcast, I'm always very truthful. I'm always upfront. And if there's something wrong, I'm going to tell you guys. So, um, just letting you know that I don't think I'll be doing uh, another podcast about Undersea movies in 2019. I'm just going to focus on watching the new movies that come out or any other movies that interest me. I don't want it to become a, um, a chore to watch film. And. Because when it does, again, it just becomes, I just don't like it. I don't look forward to it. And that's not, that's really not something I don't want to do. That's not something I want to feel when I'm watching movies. So, hope you don't get a stand. um, And I hope you enjoy this week's podcast. Thank you for listening. It's Kyle Cruz, and you're listening to the KC at the Movies podcast for the 7th of February, 2020. Welcome to this week's edition, this month's edition, sorry, of Everything I Watched. It is the end of January. In fact, as I just stated, it's the 7th of February. So, I thought it was appropriate to do the Everything I Watched um, January edition. I started off with the gentleman. Uh, This is Guy Ritchie's... Uh, new film since Aladdin, since doing, uh, Le- what was that, King Arthur movie, that King Arthur Legend of Vengeance, was it? I don't know what it's called, King of Vengeance, I don't know, Legend of the Sword, that's right, <laughs> it's um, his return to crime, uh, it, it feels like a classic Guy Ritchie film, and that's that's what it is, it's a classic, it's a, re- it's a return to form for Guy Ritchie, this is where he belongs in the crime genre, a lot of performances all around great dialogue going back and forth, I loved him, He's back in his wheelhouse, um, it does meander in the second half though, and it takes a while to get back on track, I think, but overall had a really good time, standouts for Colin Farrell, and Hugh Grant especially, was fantastic uh, on the 4th of January, I watched The Death of Dick Long and if you want to hear more about The Death of Dick Long I talked about it last week um, but in short, there's a mad twist and holy shit, they're going to a shipwreck. get a shipwrecks. Then I watched Bombshell. And uh, Bombshell is directed by uh, Jay Roach. Um not too sure what he's done beforehand, but uh this was the based on the uh the Fox scandal with Roger Isles or Ailes and um it's about um Megan Kelly going up against Roger Ailes. Um I think it was um who was Nicole Kidman? Um Gretchen Carlson, that's right, and Margaret was Caleb Caleb Pop-Sizzle, but I've heard from different people that she was a made-up figure for this movie, I'm not too sure, but I don't know, yeah, I'm not too sure on the facts on that one, but uh, but anyway, Uh, the film's fine, Um, I think it's trying to be the big short and then trying to have its cake and eat it too. The performances are fine. I think Nicole Kidman is the standout to me. Not not Charlie's Theron, not Michael Robbie. I think Nicole Kidman's is the standout. out. don't know why she wasn't the for the Supporting Actress Award. But then again, I wouldn't even... Well, we talked about it in the um, Dream Oscars podcast on, 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 on Monday. I wouldn't even put her in the category anyway. Um, so, but yeah, if you're going to do the big short thing, just stick to it. Be consistent. Uh, but this film this just seems to drop a ball a few, a few uh, times. Then I could count. Then I watched Hustlers. Uh, Lorenz Scafaria's take on the famous article about these strippers that would drug their uh, drug their clients. I was, to, I was trying to say patients. I was like, no, that's not right. Drug their patients, and uh, it was it was a fun film. I liked certain directorial decisions that Lorraine made, and um, overall, I liked how the film was made. Jennifer Lopez is fine in my opinion. I'm not really a big fan of her, to be honest, so she was fine. Performance is fine. I really was liking um, Constance Wu, actually, and really the star of the film, I think, is yeah, Lorraine Scafari. I think her. She's made a, a she, for. I think this is her narrative feature debut, and for for that, I think and um, yeah, I think she's done a good job. I think she's done a fine fine job. Uh, but yeah, it was it was it was good. It was good. Then I watched nineteen seventeen. Sam Mendez's new. F- one shot war movie shot by Roger Deakins starring many, many people. Uh, yeah, th- again, this is this is a fun film. I think technically it's brilliant. It's a, a technical achievement in, in terms of how it's filmed. Roger Deacons like blew me away with his cinematography and there's some fucking beautiful shots. The whole thing is not a really gimmick, it you kind of wears like your 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 cynicism of it all wears up after a while I and mean, then you just enjoy the film. You're in the moment. But that's what I think it is. It's just a moment film like Dunkirk was. They're not very much too much to the, to the characters and there's a certain decision made halfway through that I wasn't really on board with um and then that kind of made me drop off emotionally in terms of an investment in characters and uh yeah unfortunately that's that's how I felt about it but um yeah I mean it's 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 a fine movie dressed in just technical brilliance then I watched uh, Little Women And it's uh, the latest from Greta Gerwig. She's adapted it from a novel of the same name. There's been certain adaptations, uh, a certain number of adaptations of it before, but this is Gerwig's adaptation. This is her follow-up to Lady Bird from 2017, I believe. Please correct me if I didn't get that right. Uh, It stars Florence Pugh, Emma um, Emma Watson, Saoirse Ronan. I I say Florence Pugh because she's the standout of the film. Um, And Eliza Scanlon. Also, it's got Timmy Charlemagne and Laura Dern, of all people um, she's around everywhere nowadays, and this was just a really joyful film, I got a really joyful vibe from it when I was watching it, and, um, I I wasn't amazing, uh, I was sitting next to a friend of mine who, you know, you guys would know from the podcast, he's, uh, he's been in a few times, Mr. Mr. Wood, um, he really, really enjoys the film, I didn't really get into, you know, his emotional investment, but I, I, just got a really joyful vibe in the film. I think it's a very good Christmas film. Like, it came out on Christmas Boxing Day around Australia. I do not watch it till January, though. Um, get around to watching it till, like, you know, start of January. But I think it was a good idea to release it around there because I think it's a, you know, you get the family together, you watch Little Women and, uh, you know, you have a really good time and I think Greta Gerwig does a fantastic job at directing the film and, man, Florence Pugh is just, oh my God, Jesus Christ. She's incredible. Uh Then I watch Wild Rose which was uh, Jesse Buckley shining in that movie. And uh, I talked about Wild Rose last week as well, so if you want to hear more information about Wild Rose, it is on last week's podcast about all the movies that you may have missed in 2019. But, you know, just to give you a, um, you know, a summary of it, Jesse Buckley's amazing in it. I think there's one beautiful shot in the film. It does have its cliches and it follows the formula, but I think it does it in a way where it left me satisfied. And that's all I'm to say about that. Then, before I went and saw Bad Boys for Life, I rewatched Bad Boys One and Bad Boys Two. Bad Boys One is terrible. Um, I don't want to watch it again. Weirdly, because it came out in 1995, um, the act- Michael Bay's action just just does not fit that era. There is just so many choppy edits that it's highly unwatchable at times as well, and you don't really get the chemistry between. Martin Lawrence and Will Smith and it kind of builds in Bad Boys 2 it, it, it might, they might have their back and forth um, sometimes during this film but it's just not enough and um, and but yeah, unfortunately this is a story I just didn't really really care about and the action is fine I guess yeah uh, yeah and Bad Boys 2 is kind of the same it's just a lot of it though I had no idea this film was two and a half hours long though um, but You know, it's got the same problems with the first installment. It's got a lot of shaky cam as well in the actions. You know, films like Michael Bay films action, and I'm just not a fan of it. But he's just added on a bit more contrast and a lot of sweat, weirdly. A lot of sweat for these characters. Uh, But the chemistry, again, for Martin Lawrence and Will Smith has gotten better with this one. They feel a lot more comfortable with each other and have a lot of good, great back and forths. And uh, they feel very... They love playing these characters, you can tell. Um, And it has the iconic Reggie scene who, anyone who has seen Bad Boys 2 knows exactly what I'm talking about when I talk about the Reggie scene. Um, but, man, I did not... I forgot this movie was two and a half hours long. Oh, boy. And then I finally toddled off to the cinema and watched Bad Boys for Life, the third installment of the Bad Boys franchise. We're getting a fourth, by the way, if no one knew about that. We are getting a fourth um, because it did so at the box office. It's kicking ass at the moment at the box office. Yeah, it's 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 your generic action flick but just dressed in a bad boys suit and um, I did appreciate the action more in this one it's filmed better than the Michael Bay action um, I'm not too sure the director was in this one because um, he's already been approached to do Marvel stuff Adil Arby and Bilal Fila. I'm sorry gentlemen if I butchered those names but yeah those are the directors of the film um, again they're newcomers to me I've never really heard of them and yeah, I, I did appreciate the added characterization to uh, Michael Lowry. Uh, but there was a certain choice, again, like 1917, weirdly. There was a certain choice made towards the end, and I just wasn't on board with it. And I was like, uh, nah, yeah, th- this is this ain't it, chief. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's fine. It's a good It's a good time. If you like bad boys, you enjoy bad boys. It's bad boys. And then I watched... Uh, one boy and then I watched uh, Honey Boy and Waves a double feature of that a very very emotional night uh, that one had a lot of wine and uh, if you want to hear about those two films again in, in a lot of length I talked about them on uh, uh, last week's podcast about the uh, movies you may have missed uh, love Waves love Honey Boy um, great performances in both films Two supporting performances that we picked out for the uh, Oscars podcast on Monday, so if you want to check that out, we do talk about Shia LaBeouf's performance in Honey Boy and Sterling K. Brown's performance in Waves. They're both just phenomenal movies, and if you haven't seen them, you really did go check them out. And then we finished off that night, weirdly, with Richard Stanley's Color Out of Space, based off the H.P. Lovecraft novel um, with Nicolas Cage. What I love about this movie is Nicolas Cage gets to have so much fun again. He has another freak out, but not only... Does he freak out about, you know, just everything around him in general? Um, he yells about alpacas, and that's all you need, really. That's all you need in this type of film. Uh, I love the, the, just the boldness of this movie, just how fucking weird it gets towards the end, and it just goes all out. It's like Mandy, but not as good as Mandy. Uh, and then I watch Richard Jewell... Now, this is Clint Eastwood's new movie um, based on the security guard that found the bomb at the, I think it was the 1996, 1996 Atlanta, Olymp, like Olympics that took place in Atlanta. Anyway, you can correct me if I'm wrong there. I don't have time to go into it, but um, this movie was really, really good. Uh, it was a bit of a mess in certain parts, I think Olivia Wilde's character... Uh, and nothing on her, nothing nothing against her, nothing against who she played. I just thought she was a bit out of a place in certain moments when she was, um, uh, when, when her character was going, doing a certain, had a few scenes um, of, it kind of looked like overacting, but I don't know. I don't know whose problem was there, but I just wasn't on board with that. Uh, but I tell you who's on board with it, who's, who, who I'm on board with, my apologies, who I'm on board with is Paul Walter Hauser. Man, what a powerhouse performance, um, playing the aforementioned Richard Jewell. Sam Rockwell delivers a great performance as well. Kathy Bates gives a good performance. He has a great for-your-consideration scene that they're probably going to play this Monday. And it's just a, a very interesting movie. I think Cleetace was made, made a good one ever since making, oh boy, was that that last one in 1917 in Paris? Or was it, I don't know, there was The Mule, The Mule was pretty good too, but Richard Jewell is definitely his best movie since, oh man, it's, it's been a while, maybe American Sniper, I think, but yeah, it's a good one, check it out. And then, I watched, um, we tried to do a trilogy day where we tried to watch the um, Old Boy trilogy, I mean, well, I didn't know there was an Old Boy trilogy, but then I found out there was um, films related to Old Boy, um, we started off with Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance apparently it is a spiritual successor in terms of the old boy trilogy it's also directed by um by um park Chan who who is you know director of old boy director of stoker um, handmaiden from 2016 and he also it turns out he also did this movie it is, um, it'll, and also in this film it has song kang ho from parasite from last year's parasite and it's also got um, Duna bay from um, Sensei. that's it and this movie is... is, is it's, it's dark. It is dark. Great performances from all three of our main characters. It's just a very, very dark, dark film. And when you get to certain points, you're just thinking you can't get any darker with this. It gets violent. It gets brutal. And um, it's a very... It may seem slow, but I just like how Park meditates on certain actions and characters and the, and the whole notion of just like well do you really need that vengeance because if you were to get were, were to get vengeance i mean for sure it would feel good but do you would that really feel like fill fulfill you and um i like how it asks those questions and again man it's just a very very dark experience and uh but it's a really really effective one i really recommend it if you have if you've seen old boy and haven't seen this film um, this is definitely one to put um, with Old Boy, and then we rewatched Old Boy, um, which is great. It's a classic, great fight scenes, beautifully directed by Park, and it has one of the you know has one of the most iconic, twisted, and fucked up twists of all time. It's a classic. It still holds up. And then we're gonna finish with a, another film, uh, Sympathy for Lady Vengeance. And we didn't get to doing that. So we're doing that in a few weeks, um, a few weeks in time, I think. So that'll be, that'll probably be in the February watch. We did really want to knock that out, but we just ran out of time that day and we just couldn't do it. Um, but so if you want to know about it, that is the trilogy apparently Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, Old Boy, and then Sympathy for Lady Vengeance. Um, so yeah, just letting you know. And then I finished off January at 20, the well, 29th of January. By watching Villains. Now, this would be counting as another gem from last year, I think, because this movie is just, it's just, it's really, really fun. <laughs> you yeah, have Bill Scales, go to Michael Monroe, playing these criminals that are on the run. Um, they're just bumbling idiots, and they discover a house. There's a there's a couple that lives at this house. They've got a dark secret, I'm not going to tell you shit. Um, and it's just a really, really fun ride. Once you get to where it starts getting a little, hey, how you going? It's really really fun. I think the performance is great. Um, Cara Sedgwick's great as well, and Bill Skarsgård and Michael right Bill Skarsgård's fucking—he's hilarious. This movie. It's just. Uh, I just. It's so refreshing to see because um, I've I've been watching a lot of yeah a lot of a lot of drama a lot of heavy stuff lately, and just seeing these just two idiots, um, like lovable idiot criminals, just get trying to get through this situation and then then them becoming the good guys all of a sudden you're like what <laughs> but it's such a good time i really recommend it um if you want something fun you want something quick it's only like an hour 25 minutes i think so i reckon you could definitely give it a watch if you want something something light and easy to watch and get through i wouldn't say it's light though There's it it's quite a villain it's quite a bit of violence in it i'm just gonna let you know but it's it's a good time it's a good time And that's it. That's everything I watched in January. Again, for those movies that were mentioned in last week's podcast, you can hear about those in the podcast two podcasts ago. Um, But yeah, that's everything. Looking forward to February. Um, I've already started off February, actually, by watching Knives and Skin, which was a festival darling from last year. A lot of people were um, applauding it. I didn't like it. Um, I was not a fan of this one. It was just... Intriguing, but at the same time, like when you get you start getting interested and intrigued, and then it just hits you with this nonsense, and then you're just it's like and it starts to get really maddening and infuriating. It got to the point of how how mad I was when I was watching uh, Lady World last year, and everyone knows how I felt about that movie. Um, and I got the message that Jennifer Reed was trying to put across, but I just don't think it landed as effectively with me. Maybe I didn't understand it, but it just it just there was just so much nonsense throughout, and I was just like, Well, what is, what is happening? <laughs> like, at certain points, I'm just questioning like reality. I'm just like, What the fuck is going on? Um, so yeah, I really wasn't a fan of it. Yeah, I didn't really care. I hated all the characters, I thought they were very dislikable. I couldn't really be like feel for anyone. There was they were just all they were just completely cartoonish, and nonsensical, and I'm just trying to. There's these really weird scenes in it, and you know, I, I don't know. I get what I was trying to do. I just wasn't on board with it. And then tonight i watched Birds of Prey, uh, the fantabulous emancipation of the one Harley Quinn. Uh, take out the of one Harley Quinn. And I'll be talking about more about that. I want to get into that next week on next week's podcast. So you'll hear about that um, next week. All right. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of the podcast. Uh, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. So January's over, right? But what about what's happening in the rest of the year? What am I looking forward to for the rest of this year? Well, surprise, surprise, let's talk about it. Um, I've got a little list here. Um, I noticed everyone's been doing their uh, most anticipated list and I wanted to put together one. I wanted to wait to the end of January to put it together because I know there was a few films, well, there was, was a couple, actually, there's one that I had in January that I, I was going to take out because, yeah, that's right, I put it on, um, I put it on this list here. So I wanted to get January out of the way and start off in a fresh slate and really uh, take take stock, I guess, of what movies I'm, well, I'm looking forward to for this year. And um, so I guess this is it. I guess this is my most anticipated films for 2020. So let's get underway. Um, I've got 20 films here. I oh, know, I'm such a silly bugger. Uh, 20 films here. And we're going to start off with number 20, Black Bear. Played at Sundance, directed by Lawrence Michael Levine. It stars Aubrey Plaza, and I'm already in. (laughs) I'm already in, um, because again, love Aubrey Plaza, massive fan of her work. And uh, it's got Christopher Abbott as well, who I last saw in Piercing last year. And it's about a filmmaker at a creative impasse seeks souls from her tumultuous past at a rural retreat, only to find that the woods summon her inner demons in intense and surprising ways. Looking forward to that, mostly for Aubrey Plaza, and I just heard it was it, it played quite well at Sundance, and uh, there's a few Sundance picks on here that you're gonna hear about. But um, again, most of the films from last year actually did play it at most, um, but some of my favorites from that list did play at Sundance. Number 19 is Downhill, directed by Nat Faxon and Jim Rash. A uh, little fact: this is actually based on the um, film Force Majeure. Um, and it's it's the American remake of it, and if you don't know what that plot is of Force Majeure is, it's about this family that goes on this um, this trip in the Alps, and uh, an avalanche occurs, and then the father, let's just say, is a little selfish, and um, they have to kind of reevaluate their relationship and their lives and how they feel. And uh, if you haven't seen Force Majeure definitely give it a watch it is a very it's an odd film it's like a, it's like a dark comedy but I think the the original is really really effective and, and very good one of my favourite um, international films but I'm, I'm keen to see what they do with Downhill Um, Jim, fact, uh, Jim Rash has proven to be a pretty good director Um, I liked The Way Way Back did he direct Did he direct The Way Way Back? Am I right about that? Yeah Jim Rash and that fact did direct The Way Way Back I liked that I like him in community, and our leads, Will Ferrell and Julie Louis-Dreyfus. I love Julia. Uh, I wouldn't say I love her, but I do think she's a good actress. And uh, Will Ferrell to see him as this father would be inter- Is going to be interesting. Um, so looking forward to that. Number eighteen is I just saw a trailer for this the other day. It's Swallow, directed by Carla Mirabella Davis, and it's um, Hayley Bennett who plays a pregnant woman who starts just in. Starts swallowing objects around the house uh, because I think she's either you know questioning her um, her role in her relationship or you know because she's about to have a baby her you know, her uh, I guess their commitment to each other um, and I guess she's feeling sheltered and controlled by all that so I do say sheltered shelter Shelter's a good word I guess controlled and uh, the trailer was really really intriguing I liked it it got me on board. And, um, I'm keen to check it out. It looks really odd. Everyone knows the odd stuff. Uh, alright. Number 18. No, 17, sorry. Number 17 is Saint Maud. It is an A20, the first A24 feature on this uh, list, directed by Rose Glass. And, uh, having recently found God's self-effacing, effacing, sorry, young nurse Maud arrives at a plush home to care for Amanda, a hedonistic dancer left frail from chronic illness, when a chance encounter with a formula colleague throws up hints of dark past, it becomes clear there is more to Sweet Maud than meets the eye. Just going to be straight up. Just interested in this because it's an A24 film. I've also heard it's gotten already good early early reviews. Yeah, I, I like what A24 is doing of horror, so looking forward to this. Um, save Maud. Number sixteen is a second second feature on the list. That's Zola, directed by uh, janet Janitska oh my God! I'm sorry. Janicka Bravo and um, a stripper named Zola embarks on a wild road trip to Florida. Now, again, this played at Sundance. It was a hit with a few people. Few people enjoyed it. I don't know, I've heard it's just a really, really good, uh, a really good film, and um, it's oddly funny at times as well. So, looking forward to that. And again, just anything A24 is releasing, really, <laughs> it's going to be quite a bit on that. Uh, all right, number sixteen. Number fifteen, sorry, is Palm Springs. It's also played at Sundance. It's actually broken the record for most I mean the biggest sale, I think. They beat the uh Birth of a Nation by sixty nine cents, which is, is fucking hilarious. And um it stars Andy Sandberg and Chris Melioty Milliotti, sorry, it's directed by Max Barbacao. Barbaco, Barbecue, how do you say it? And um, it's about Niles and a reluctant mate of want Sarah make a chance encounter at Palm Springs Wedding. Things get complicated as they are unable to escape the venue themselves or each other. It sounds like wedding crashes, but a bit more dramatic. They sound like they're a bunch of Nihilists and uh, they don't really care what they do around other people. And they just want to trash a wedding. Uh, I heard Annie Sandberg describe it as wedding crashes, but a bit more, you know, uh, less of a comedy, more of a drama, I think. Um, so looking forward to that and just by the fact that it broke the record for getting um, for getting bought more like 69 cents more than Birth of the Nation and, and seeing that record very cane. very very cane. I think it was bought by Neon was it was it bought by Neon am I having a stroke or something I think it was bought by Neon anyway Number 14, Onward. Yeah. Yeah, Onward. This is Disney Pixar's new film. I mean, this, this, I think it's... No, not Disney Pixar. It's just Disney. And uh, directed by Dan Scanlon, who gave us Monsters University. It stars Chris Pratt, Tom Holland. They play these um, orcs or goblins, I think. I don't think it's the are really orcs. And uh, they go on a adventure. Like Tom Holland's... Um, character kind of lives in like this city it's 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 it feels like uh, what's this uh, what's this what's the bloody city it feels like it feels like a fantasy land but in like today's times and um i like i like the look of it i like the trailer it got me pretty pumped i haven't seen the second one because i think the first one's good enough and um yeah i'm keen for i can see what they do with it i like the pairing of chris Pratt and tom holland it seems like there's going to be a thing about parentage as well which is interesting i always get Intrigued by parentage themes. So that's 14 onward. 13 is Antebellum. Directed by Jared Bush and Christopher Wrens, it's about a successful author. Veronica finds herself trapped in a horrifying reality and must uncover the mind-bending mystery before it's too late. It's directed, um, I, sorry, it says directed by, it's produced by Jordan Peele, but also the trailer got me hooked. Um, Janelle Monet and Jenna Malone are in this movie. So that's enough for me. Weird how a horror two horror films have already made an appearance on this uh looking forward to list, this anticipated list. It's really weird how that's happening, but uh, I guess I'm into it now. Like, I've really come to appreciate it the last two years, especially doing the horror October stuff. And um, you know, I'm keen to see what they do, right? I, I, um, I'm even gonna think about seeing that Invisible Man. Invisible Man hasn't not gonna make the list, just gonna let you guys know it's not gonna be on the list, but. Interested to see what they do there. Um, but Antebellum looked really, really cool. The trailer was really, really nice. And um, it was scary. It's been spooky. And it's just got me hooked. Got me intrigued. Number 12 Free Guy. Uh, directed by Sean Levy. Who um, I think I. Yeah, he gave us uh, a lot of films, really. A lot of. I remember mostly him from Date Night. Oh, he did this as Real Levy. That's a good one. Um. But I found, I found out through this from Ryan Reynolds' uh, you know, social media. He was raving about this one. Um, and then the trailer premiered, and it kind of looked like Ready Player One with, um, with like, I don't know, more less of a drama, more jokes, I guess. More of a comedy than a drama. Um, it's about Ryan Reynolds plays a blank teller who realizes he's like an NPC in a video game, and he realizes he's a background character in an open-world kind of MMO. And uh, he becomes a player. And shit happens. I have I've seen the trailer. It looks like he just does stuff. He realizes he's in it. He becomes a player. Shit goes down. Um, it's got Ryan Reynolds, Johnny Comer, Taika Waititi, Joe Keery, Channing Tatum. This goes on. Uh, and I think I, think I spotted Lil role as the uh, security guard in that trailer. And uh, yeah, it looks like fun. Um, don't know what it would be like, but it looks like fun. Looking forward to it. Disney's second appearance on the well actually that's not true. <laughs> Disney's animated second appearance on this list comes at number eleven with Soul. Directed by Pete Doctor, who gave me my favorite Disney Pixar film, Inside Out. And uh it starts Jamie Fox, Tina Fey, David Diggs, and it's about a musician who's uh, I think he's, is he a teacher or a musician? I think he's a musician and he's like he loves jazz music and he has a he has a gig and then he gets he falls down a hole and then his soul is separated from his body uh, that's all I got from the trailer and based just based on Pete Doctor's earlier work like Inside Out and um, did he do did he do Up as well and, and Monsters Inc oh wow okay he did those ones as well just based on his work those are the films I kind of gravitate towards more in terms of Disney's animated body it looks like it's going to be a tearjerker it looks like it's going to be a thinker and I'm keen I like it, I like jazz what can I say alright number 10 we're getting in it we're getting in it because you better put your gloves up it's time for the big boys to fight it's Godzilla vs. Kong directed by Adam Wingard who you guys will probably know that he did uh, he did he did he did he did Uh, He did did Your Next, and uh, one of my most underrated, favorite underrated movies of all time, The Guest. Um, He also did the uh, American Death Note and Blair Witch from 2016, but we don't pay attention to those ones. And uh, I'm just keen to see some big boys fight. I'm just keen to see uh, King Kong fight Godzilla. You know it's going to be like, he starts fighting Kong, and then another monster comes in, they're going to fight another monster. I mean, I don't really give a fuck about the characterization or anything. Just give me, just give me some good old fights. Um, I'm keen to see what they do here with this one, especially Kong. I really enjoyed Kong Skull Island. It, you know, it's obviously very thin with its characters and very, very shallow. But uh, the fights were fucking dope, man. they oh, dope. I cannot disregard that at all. So uh, yeah, number ten. Righto, number nine. James Bond returns, but Daniel Craig's last time in No Time to Die, directed by Kari Joji Fukunaga, who you guys would know from. Yeah, that's right. He did that. He did that episode in True Detective, ladies and gentlemen, that episode, that one shot with Nathan McConaughey in the projects. It's a brilliant, brilliant scene. If you have, if you want to go check it out, it's on, I think, I, I'd probably be on YouTube, um, but if you want to watch True Detective Season 1, it's, it's a brilliant season. easily the best season. Look, I like Cassino Royale. Didn't like didn't like uh, Quantum of Solace. I liked Skyfall and I didn't like Spectre. So, going by that pattern, am I going to like No Time to Die? It seems like the right one to like, right? Um, I just I have more faith that it's directed Because it's directed by Kari Joji Fukunaga. It's it goes from rewrites from Phoebe Waller Bridge, who you guys would might know from Fleabag Fam. And um, you got Rami Malek, you got Leia Sudu coming back, you have Lashana Lynch from Captain Marvel, you have Anode armas you have um, Ben Whishaw as Q-, Q is coming back, Ray Fines is coming back, Naomi, Har- Naomi Harris is coming back, Christoph Waltz is coming back as um, Blofeld. Looks like a fun time. The the action looks good. I'm uh, not too sure what the story is going to be about, but I hope, I'm just going to find out, I guess, when I uh, when I finally watch it. Number eight, Disney's first superhero appearance on the list. I mean, is there another superhero appearance? I should be knowing about? No, 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 I'm fine. Okay, Disney's only superhero appearance on the list because I don't really... I mean, Eternals is... I don't know. We're just. I'm just not there with Eternals yet. Uh, Black Widow. Black Widow. Um, you guys might know from my Marvel podcast that I've always been... I've always wanted a Black Widow film. Um, I've always championed for a Black Widow solo film ever since, you know, you keep getting the throwaway line, the Budapest lines, and then I just think she's an interesting character, Natasha Romanoff. We got a lot more characterization with her in Endgame. I think she was one of the best parts of Endgame, to be honest, um, before what occurs. Um, and we're finally getting a solo film, and it's directed by Kate Shortland, who uh, did Berlin Syndrome. I I would hope that you guys would know about Berlin Syndrome. I, uh, that was a underrated movie i think from 2017 i think i talked about it actually on the podcast when i did that year um with um patricia Palmer and max um Remelt. and uh she is being given the reins for black widow um, marvel's first film in the phase four and i uh, looking just looking forward to some spy espionage stuff some hand-to-hand combat it looks a bit bornish um, the trail looks good. You got Florence Pugh. You got David Harvey, you you, you you got Rachel Vice. Um, it look it looks good. I just it's great to see. If, <laughs> I hope Florence doesn't get caught up in. This is just a personal thing, but I just hope Florence doesn't get caught up in in the Marvel contract and having to keep playing. If she does become the new Black Widow or become a certain. I guess iteration of Black Widow I hope she doesn't get into a big old contract and I hope she starts keeps doing original films because she's doing fantastic it was a fucking year last year in 2019 um, but I like the the inclusion of David Harbour here as the Red Guardian you have Rachel Weisz playing the Iron Maiden and they're all part of the Black Widow family um, so she goes she goes I think it take, this takes place after Civil War correct me if I'm wrong but I'm pretty sure it takes place after Civil War and obviously it's a prequel to uh, Endgame again looks fun I I don't really care for all the end of the world shit explosions I just want to see some fucking spies behind shit some hand-to-hand combat and hopefully we're going to get that in this film number seven is the next horror entry on the list I know who fucking thought eh (laughs) Antlers directed by Scott Cooper I believe this is his first horror film because he did uh, Black Mass, I believe. And, um, oh, he did Crazy Heart, too. Uh, but I remember him for Black Mass and um, Hostiles. I remember you did Out of the Furnace as well. And uh, this just lo- looks really interesting. Um, it's about a young teacher discovers so her troubled students' um, father and younger brother harbor a deadly supernatural secret, taking the boy into her care. The teacher must fight for their survival against horrors beyond imagination. The trailers, um, I think, the trailer is kind of give away what what didn't give away the monster. I think you should could stay away from the trailer. Um, It this looks like it's going to be about the legend of the Wendigo, which is interesting. If you guys played the Until Dawn game from twenty sixteen, I think it was twenty sixteen. Uh, Until Dawn Uh, they had some wendigos in that and wendigos are freaky looking creatures man they are freaky looking things Um, and did they did they show up in um, what remains of you to finch I don't know did did they show up in that fucking thing was it the wendigos or was it something else but yeah this looks really really cool Um, I watched a little I watched the trailer and I will say it does reveal a bit too much um, we got Kerry Russell, Jesse Plemons, and uh, I'm a big fan of both of those actors, so I'm hoping there's going to be something something cool here, something, something, something nice to grab onto. And then our, f- not our final actually, this is our next horror installment on the list, sitting at number 6 is A Quiet Place Part 2. Directed once again by John Krasinski. it's going to follow the family from the first one, the Abbott family. And they're going to face the terrors of the outside world because if you recall in the first one, uh, their home kind of got fucked up. So uh, they've got to venture out. And I haven't seen the trailer yet. I believe there was a Super Bowl trailer, but I haven't checked that out yet. I'm just going to get a part two. I'm happy that John Krasinski is directing again. Um, Are we still getting a script from... No, John. John is penning the script for this one. Okay, I, I thought we we're gonna get one from Scott Beck and Brian Woods again. Yeah, I really like the first one. Really like the first one. Um, hopefully, they do it even better in part two. Number five is a big Sundance favorite, and ever since the trailer, I was hooked onto this one. It's promising young woman, uh, directed by Emerald Fennell. It stars Carrie Mulligan, Bo Burnham, Alison Bree, Adam Brody, Connie Britton, Jennifer... Um, look at this cast, man. <laughs> look at this cast. Um, but mostly, it's showcasing Carrie Mulligan. Um, and if you guys if you guys love Carrie Mulligan, um, I definitely recommend checking out Wildlife from last year. I thought that was her one of her best performances of her whole career. And she's also great in um, Shame from 2010 with uh, Michael Fassbender, directed by Steve McQueen there. Um, this looks really, really cool. Again, I was like, based on the trailer, I I, I kind of expect what I'm getting into, but I've heard there's a few twists and turns, a few things that I'm not going to expect. So, um, I don't know. I'm just very intrigued, and I've heard some good things coming out of Sundance about it. America's getting in April. I'm hoping we're getting a local release here in Australia, but, um, yeah. I, I think it just looks really, really cool. Number four is the French Dispatch. Not much is known about this film. We only just got the cast list the other day. Um, I believe this is a Wes Anderson's first R-rated movie. I think, or or first R-rated film since a certain other film. I'm not too sure. I haven't really looked into that. But um, I think it's uh, there's a whole joke going around because it's about graphic nudity. So we we don't know what's going to happen. Um, but listen, just listen to this cast: Benicio del Toro, Adrian Brody, Tilda Swinton, Lea Seydoux. Francis McDormand, Ch- Timothy Chalamet, Bill Murray, Owen Wilson, Shersha Ronan, Henry Winkler, Willem Dafoe, Kate Winslet. Like, do you want me to stop? <laughs> um, this is uh, Wes Anderson's first film since Isle of Dogs, and uh, that wasn't. was an odd one. Like, I, I, I did, I did like Isle of Dogs. But I much prefer, I think, his live action work. I mean, I do like *Fantastic the Fox* as well, but I think I just I prefer his live action work. My favorite have been his been um, Kingdom*. But uh, yeah, re- looking forward to *The French Dispatch*. Another Wes in film. Cool. Oh, and uh, sorry about the plot. It's about a love letter to journalists set in the outpost of American newspaper in post-war 20th century Paris. It centers on three storylines. And you're welcome for that very central read the French Dispatch number three how could I not put this on the list it's Christopher Nolan's Tenet right now the plot is kind of I don't know people don't know what the fuck the is about the trailer's weird it's, it can, it's confusing but it's got J, John David Washington Robert Pattinson I think I saw Elizabeth Debicki in that trailer as well Michael Caine and this has to do with something with time it looks like it's got a bit of Inception vibes Um, and some spy espionage stuff going on, Uh, but I'm keen for it, very, very keen for it. Always looking out for what Christopher Nolan does next. I mean, I I, I liked Dunkirk, didn't love it, I liked it, but I'm hoping he returns to... um, I don't know, he's a prolific filmmaker, and you always will look out for what he does next, because he he does some good shit. And what I'm really excited about, mostly, actually, is that... um, is uh he is not using Hans Zimmer this time around and instead losing Ludwig Granson as his composer. So keen to hear that score. That's probably going to pop up on a score list, I think. <laughs> and our final horror entry on the list, again, based on the director, how could I not put this on my 2020 list it's the it's last night in Soho directed by Edgar Wright Edgar Wright's new movie since Baby Driver it's not a comedy it's not a dark comedy this one is a horror film a straight horror film uh, Edgar Wright has announced it stars Annie Taylor-Joy Matt Smith Thomas and McKenzie two names I like I mean, I, Matt Smith's fine but I love I Taylor-Joy I love Thomas and McKenzie um, and it's about a young girl passionate in fashion design she's able to enter the 1960s where she encounters her idol a dazzling wannabe singer but 1960s London is not what it seems and time seems to fall apart with shady consequences by the way I hope you're really enjoying these, these reads of these plots here I'm having a lot of fun doing these reads uh, this looks, again I've seen some stills from it, it looks a bit freaky um, I'm really ki- interested and keen to see what Wright does here with horror. I mean, have we still got? And I believe, I mean, I think I, this cinematographer I know as well. Geonju um, and hun is the same guy who j- shot um, Park Chan Wook stuff, I think. Yeah, yeah, Stoker and Hair Maiden and Old Boy. Yeah, I was right. Um, so yeah, keen to see what he does with the cinematography here is. Is, he panning, is Edgar Wright painting the script as well he's got some help here from Christy Wilson Cairns I think the biggest problem with Baby Driver I think was that script and I think he works better when he has a collaborator with him in terms of script but he's actually yeah he's dropping Bill Pope this time for Jang Jang Hun so interested to see how that uh, collaboration works out very 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 keen to see last night so uh, always keen to see Edgar Wright's new stuff and guys, I I hate to be the the, the sheep, uh, the have no surprises, I guess. But my number one is is Dune. Like, how could it not be? Um, it's Denis Villeneuve's film after Blackwood in 2049. It stars Timothy Shuler, America Ferguson, Dave Batista, Stellan Skarsgård, Charlotte Rampling, Oscar Isaac, Zendaya, Javier Bardem, Josh Brolin, Jason Momoa. I mean, oh my God, what a cast! And it's based off the uh, the novel about the. I mean, it's it's a, it's a it's a big it's a big it's a big story. Um, I it's a. I'll just say it's an epic story, just like Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I think perhaps even ep- more epic. Um, but I don't think this time around he's getting deacons for um, cinematography. Greg Fraser, as I said, they're in cinematography. What's he done before? Okay, all right. Some, st- some stuff. Some stuff. Um, But again, I'm just I'm just interested because it's Denis, Denis' film. I will watch anything this man makes. I'm a massive, massive fan of his work. He's one of my favorite directors working today. And this cast is just... Oh my God. This cast is fucking crazy. If you guys would like me to do it, on, I'll, I'll read this plot here. I'll read this plot in a very dramatic way. You ready? A mythic and emotionally charged hero's journey. Dune tells the story of Paul... A treatise. A brilliant and gifted young man, born into a great destiny beyond his understanding, who must travel to the most dangerous planet in the universe to ensue the future's family, to ensure sorry the future's family and his people, as malevolent forces explode into conflict over the planet's exclusive supply of the most precious resource in existence—a commodity capable of unlocking humanity's greatest potential. Only those who can conquer their fear will survive. Now, how does that sound? Sounds like a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> um, no, we're really looking forward to this one again. It's just going to be like everyone's list. Um, my number one movie next this year is is Dune. I cannot wait to see this movie. I'm not so sure when it comes out actually. If what details have we got of it so far? I don't think we do have any details. No, um, but I think we'll probably get a trailer soon. Hopefully, I mean they've been working on it for a while, so yeah, looking really looking forward to that. All right, guys, that wraps it up. That is the 20 most anticipated for 2020. Thank you for listening to this uh, Everything I Watch podcast with this secret little section tacked on. Um, and I hope you guys listened to the disclaimer before the actual podcast. I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, quite serious about that. Unfortunately, that's what it came to. And, um, yeah, I just I just wanted to let you guys know about how I was feeling about that because you guys know I'm always up front with uh, you. I don't leave anything... If it, something's on my mind, I'm, I'm going to tell you. So, yeah. Um, what are you looking forward to in 2020? Are you looking forward to any of these movies? What kind of, what other movies have you got that you want to tell me about? Um, I know there is, I know there is a lot that I admitted from the list. This is just, again, this is just my personal list. This is what I'm personally looking forward to for this year. I know I uh, have obviously left left some off the list. That's it. Hope you guys, I mean, check them all out. Uh, they'll all look very interesting. And, um, yeah, thanks for listening this week. As you guys would have seen on my, um, Facebook group that the podcast is now scheduled for Fridays. I don't want to be, I'm trying to organize things, trying to be a more organizational person. Yeah, I know, it's a fucking joke, isn't it? Um, I'm trying to, yeah, just, just trying to organize my life a bit more and, and, and adapt to more of a schedule. And, uh, so your podcast will be released on Fridays and I'll try my hardest and and just, I'll try the most to get it out on Fridays because um, that seems to be the best, Thursday seems to be the best time for me to record and then um, release it and edit it on Friday, release it on Friday. Um, and I'll, obviously I'll let you guys know if anything changes there, if anything, um, any day, any dates change. But uh, yeah, hope you have a good week, have a great weekend Follow the podcast on Spotify. Subscribe and on podcasts. Like the Facebook page. Like the Instagram page. Tell all your friends about it, even your friends that don't like movies. Tell your friends. Support. Support the podcast. Spread the word. Um, and hopefully we can get some more people on here talking about film. And um, I want to get really back into that Q and A stuff as well because I have like, a lot of fun answering those questions as well. Do all that. Get <laughs> get that done. And uh, I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you for listening.